Hey there, and welcome to day 61 of Don't Forget Your Worth, the podcast with matching YouTube channel. I'm Andrea, and it is my very last night here in this house that I was blessed with when I very first moved to Colorado a year ago. And it's crazy, like how it echoes in here. And <laughs> I've been sleeping without a mattress. I've just been sleeping dead on the floor for a couple days. I'm going to be so excited to have my sweet little space. Um, but it just feels good to, you know, finally be moving along. And I'm thankful that um, things for the most part are all out and I'm ready to roll along. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> you can imagine. Um, this move has not gone as I pictured whatsoever. But then I look at the things that I'm so thankful for. Like, I would have never even thought to get a... Um, I would have not thought to get a, uh, what am I looking for? Housekeeper? Housekeeper. Yeah, someone to come in and do the move out cleaning. And then a guy that I work with, he's like, oh, hey, there's, I have a friend and blah, and here's her contact. And I'm like, you know, I'll just check it out. And I met her, you know, got a quote, et cetera. And it was like, oh my gosh, best money spent ever. She comes tomorrow to do the cleaning before I have my walk through and so I'm just like oh my gosh I'm so thankful and these are things that have just quote fallen in my lap and if you're starting to pick up the clue phone I don't believe in anything um, such as a coincidence I believe things are ridiculously orchestrated by the Lord um, I think that that's key to us knowing our worth because once you can really dial in that he's doing everything for you with your best interest in mind you really get to know your worth because you start to see this guy is really something um, that, you know, he thinks that, you know, you absolutely wrote the moon and you are the apple of his eye. So, um, so I'm just super thankful for the little things that have just been sweet surprises. There's been setbacks and sweet surprises, and that's one of them. I'm doing it. I've hired her today. Um, so I found a piece, you guys, that's called Contemplating the Normal. And I am just going to be led around by my nose because I do not, even just in reading the first few sentences, kind of remember this story. So it's going to be new to me right here, pretty much as it's new to you. And so it begins. Something in my very spirit told me to stay put while my husband went to his ex-wife's house to pick up his children for the Thanksgiving holiday. I knew that my children would be safest left behind with me and that we would all be reunited in just minutes. I had been there a dozen times, but still, something just didn't feel right at all. When they returned, my husband went right from the front door to the bedroom, without his usual hay all over me, with his smile in his eyes. His father put his hands up in disgust as he took his seat in his favorite recliner and shook his head in silence, motioning, I do not want to talk about it. Whoa! The bedroom door slammed closed. The kids were reunited in a buzz. The hugs were being handed out and rumors of root beer floats, so I knew I wouldn't be missed if I got up to pursue my husband. When I opened the bedroom door, I saw him lying on the bed, and when I crawled on my elbows to lay next to him on the bed, I noticed he was crying. I stroked his hair and his neck as he spoke to feed him safety and love. As he explained the whole situation, the final drop of a bazillion tears was watching him explain that he faked a swinging punch 
at his ex-father-in-law while the whole family and his children watched in absolute gasp, screams, and disgrace. Father God's protection is mighty. The gut instinct, it's discernment, it's him. We missed the whole livid scene. It was a halftime break between post-Turkey football games, so the crowd coated up and headed outside. I could hear my husband playing football with our children in his parents' front yard from inside the house. There was laughter and there was coaching and there were touchdowns and names being shouted out, hoping to receive a pass. I sat on the sofa with my back against the front window and his mother was in the rocking chair to the right of me. I was aware of her rocking. I was aware of her breathing. I was aware of just how much I loved her and how much I loved her son. How on earth am I going to bring this up? We need help. My husband, who had pursued me hard, had told me that him and his wife never fought. He knew that might help sell himself to a woman who had removed herself and her children from an unsafe covenant. I believed him. He seemed so kickback and often quiet which I thought was humbled character, but later would learn it's also a symptom of, quote, his lows. He told you that? His mother gawked with a dose of, you have to be kidding me, in her voice that could not be denied. I sat silent and confused, just slowly nodding my head. Confused, deceived. Andrea, him and Carly lived with us for a summer because they were saving money for their wedding. There was so much yelling and so much swearing and doors slamming everywhere that we actually kicked them both out of here. I don't know why he would have told you that. Good God, those two fought to the death of their marriage. I've never seen two fight as much as those two did. The pieces started falling into place. Him and his daughters weren't comfortable unless there was tension and volume. They both would work extra hard to create it. They would be outraged if you didn't want to, quote, jump in the ring with them. They would argue about you're not arguing. To them, it meant you didn't care about them. Whereas my children and I hadn't had volume or meanness in our home for almost six years and were wondering what brand of hell had landed on this family. My children had some serious questions for me that my denial about their behavior couldn't even begin to answer. Trying to look at the bright side was wearing me to exhaustion. When I addressed what his mother had said with him, I loved that he didn't deny any of it. His honesty about his sin was by far the most attractive thing about him. It was vulnerable and it was rare. That honesty felt like we really had something to work with, a chance. He admitted that he was trying to deceive, fool, hide things while we dated because he just really wanted to, quote, get the girl. I love honesty, even when it hurts. It's well, it's honest which to me is truth, which is always pleasing to God. His honesty would make me think that he is aware, he is admitting, he is trying, 
And maybe, just maybe, he loves me or possibly loves God or loves this marriage enough to change. I would bank up hope, store up prayer, and marinate him in love, thinking that he could stash away the mean version of himself and return to the chick flick suitor that I had prayed and fallen for. With Christ, all things are possible, right? Andrea, when you see a tiger, you run. You don't try to pet and love the tiger into being a kitten. You don't pray that that tiger will change into a kitten. You don't hope that the tiger is going to apologize for being a tiger. You don't believe the tiger when he says he is a kitten. You get yourself and your children away from the tiger and to safety. Run. With Christ, all things are possible. This doesn't mean, though, that what we want to have happen will be made possible by God. God doesn't change people. People change their wicked ways because they love God and want to please Him by doing their best to keep every last one of His commandments and apologizing and turning completely when they don't. This means they have to know His commands, His words. This means they exhibit, quote, the fruits of the Spirit, end of quote, in their lives. Christ followers bow their lives and their relationships to Him, to serve Him and glorify Him. You can tell whom His followers are by their love. It reads in parentheses, end of archive, which usually means that I wrote additional words to this piece a lot later. So, again, I'm just being led around just like you guys are. I don't have a clue what's coming next, but it does read end of archive. So let's assume that this likely is a, um, a piece with new vision or discernment. This piece is so old that I barely recognized this writer's dialect, mine. Even the font looks smaller than normal. I hardly remember the woman that wrote this. I don't. But the neatest things I glean from these words is so clear now when it seems so foggy, not even all too long ago. This, colon, the reason that the man in this post lasted so very long with his first bride is that they were both contributing to the dysfunction. Both were yelling, both were screaming, both were calling names, both were slamming doors. I am told she punched, shoved, and slapped. This was their quote normal. This too, colon, somehow felt comfortable saying, well, that's just what marriage is. We all fight. We say we are sorry. We forgive. You know, quote, normal. Again, this was not that. Yes, couples fight. Couples even fight often. But healthy arguments are just that. Arguments, disagreements about something. They last minutes, never hours. When it gets personal, when it gets physical... When its goal is to threaten, intimidate, deceive, demean, 
or put fear in or create power over the other, colon, that is abusive. This is not just a problem in relationships. This is also a problem in parenting. That's not okay. That's just abusive parents bringing up more abusers and a society saying, well, yeah, that's just, quote, normal. Since writing this, the Lord has delivered us from torment that lasted for hours and hours and hours, raging criticism and blame, topic after topic, insecurity after insecurity, name after name, hours and hours and hours, silent treatments that lasted hours and hours and hours, hours and hours and hours, you guys, in the car. On our honeymoon, when I tried to write on my laptop because he was driving and refused to talk, I was told not to. I was just to sit there and not talk. Hours and hours and hours. Silence. This is control. This is their, quote, normal. This does not seem odd to them. They are justified. Light and dark do not last. They cannot reside one with the other. Love alone will drive out the dark. Perfect love casts out all fear. Loving is the easiest thing we'll ever do. Loving is the hardest thing we'll ever do. But the command does not change. Love. To love means to also forgive. It softens a heart to love and love again. Soften your heart to him. Surrender, sweet one. There is rest. I love you. Jesus, that piece is solid and strong. I look at that and go, I'm so glad there was an end of archive and so glad that there were words that were set apart and set aside after the fact, written by a woman that already knew that she was removed from that person in that situation. It's crazy good, you guys. These are fantastic. I hope that they're blessing you and and that you're learning truly about love and relationship and the Lord's love for you and your value to him. That's going to be so pivotal in your, you knowing your worth. Um, it, it just is amazing how all of it spins and twists ultimately just equaling love. Like that is what matters, like the end, because he is love. Um, and his scriptures and words to us are love. So she's those, I cannot even get over. I'm like, huh, <laughs> I'm like, how do I get ahead to just lay down and rest after a piece like this? I do not know, but I will just pray sweet sleep. And you guys, tomorrow, I will see you and I will chat at you then, okay? So have a great night and take care.